During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com and Facebook Live. Live in studio on a rainy Wednesday afternoon. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. Dylan, how are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. I made a delicious, I don't want to say delicious. That's giving it too much credit. I made an apple cider martini last night. It looked delicious. It looked really good. It didn't taste as good as it looked. I'm very disappointed. Do you ever make a drink and you're sitting there like, oh, hell yeah. This is going to be great. And then you try it and you go... This was a letdown. I had some apple cider. I had some vodka. And I get it, a real martini's gin, but you're not going to put gin in apple cider. That's just asinine. Come on. Got some fancy cinnamon, some caramel sauce, whipped it up, looked good. You can even take a look at it. It's on my my Twitter account, at HomestretchKC. And then I took a sip. And with that sip, (laughs) was also a grimace. It it does not go as as good as you think together. Not bad, not bad, but not as good as one thought. I don't know about you, Dylan. Should I start making cocktails with Sterling a thing? I feel like this needs to be a new thing. Cocktails with Sterling. It could happen. Yeah, you could add it to the list of like 100,000 other cocktail based or drink based you know platform shows i guess you know hey pal all the other things but they don't have a mustache most of them okay they don't have the stash to go with that that accompanies all of them do ah yeah good point yeah but see okay but i'm one of the few guys who's not an actual hipster i don't think i'd label myself as a as a hipster i don't i don't think i don't think so you have your own beer I have my own beer. Mustache. I'm shoot. I also, I was cousin. Make signature cocktails. Shoot. Uh, you wear great suits. Mm. I don't know. That's not a hipster thing. No, it's not hipster. If you had suspenders to your suits. If I added suspenders, yeah. I know who the band the Beths are. Yeah. What was the band name you went to last night? Bush. I didn't go to Bush last night. That's not a hipster. That's mid. 90s, early 2000s rock. I didn't go. I listened to you. I was getting ready to go, and I go, do I really want to spend this much money? Because I looked at the set list beforehand. There's five songs I really like by Bush, right? One of the songs, Machine Head, played second. But then after that, the last four songs I really liked, the last song, and then the three encore songs. I go, 
I can't do it. They do that on purpose. Well, I know they do, but not all of them are their biggest songs. Like, Little Things wasn't a huge song, but for some reason that was the last song for the encore because it's a a good rock song, right? Yeah. I'm not waiting that long and paying 50 bucks just to wait. So I didn't go. I worked out and said, because look at me, bettering myself before I make my cocktail. That's why I work out, so I I can drink. Uh, some NFL news. Let's get into it. Steve Spagnuolo reiterates his desire to be an NFL head coach again. Add him to the list. Obviously, Eric Bieniemy. Steve Spagnuolo wants to throw his name back into the uh, the equation. And I wonder about Matt Nagy. I wonder if Matt Nagy would like to be a head coach again. The Chiefs have had such stability at their coordinator positions with Bieniemy. Spagnolo, Dave Tobe. It's a wonder they've stayed so long. Steve Spagnolo is slightly interesting because he's not known as one of the best D coordinators in the league as far as he's not an up-and-comer, he's had his chance, didn't necessarily succeed, but he's been in a lot of big games. We mentioned it yesterday, his game plan seems like it's best in big games, not just with Kansas City, but also when he was with the Giants. He reiterated his aspirations, but then said, the guys that do it a second time tend to do it better. If that happens, great. If not, I've got a pretty good job right now. I just want to make sure I keep the one I've got. He went 10-38 and his last time as a head coach. Three seasons with the St. Louis Rams, and then one in three when he was an interim head coach in New York. You think he ever gets another shot? Spags? Yeah. Nah. I don't think so. I think it went so bad (laughs) in St. Louis, and also, you're also kind of like. I think a lot of people would love to be a defensive coordinator for this franchise. And that's kind of what he said was, I don't want to lose my job, but if I were to get it promoted as a head coach, I take it, which I'm sure everyone would agree with, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be fully entrenched in a uh, trying to get a head coach opportunity, right? It sounds like he, if it happens, it happens, but he's not going to go out and that's going to be his aspiration of it again. He would like it, but I don't think he's going to all of a sudden say, well, maybe if I go become the, let's just say, like the 40, not going to happen, 49ers defensive coordinator who's been churning out head coach jobs, right? That's not happening. He's going to stay in Kansas City. He, he reiterated that. I also think your point stands, even though it was over a decade ago with the Rams, if you go 10-38, and 38, good luck getting another, another opportunity. Not only that, you are a defensive coordinator in a league that has primarily trended towards giving offensive mind coaches more opportunities. Yeah, the I didn't see a single defensive coordinator get hired for head coach yet. Maybe I missed it. What was D'Amico Ryan's? Uh, well, that's a good way to make the point that I was wrong. He was a defensive coordinator. Yeah, for the for the Niners, right? Yep. It's okay. So let's okay, just but outside put that of the Niners, because yeah, and, 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 and Robert Sala as well the year before, right? And I mean, how close are we to moving on that one? What do you mean? 
I mean, how many more chances is he going to get to miss the playoffs? Robert Sala? Yeah. Dog, he has got time. I think he's going to stick by Zach Wilson what it feels like a little too long. Oh, dude, I think I think Robert Sala has uh, – this was his first year. No, no, no. This is his second. Was it his second year? Yeah. So the defense is much better, which is his thing, but think of all the teams that are average with great defenses like Vic Fangio and the Broncos that get fired – Versus these offensive guys that everyone wants to hire is what I'm saying is like defensive I, guys like him. I get it. Have a shorter leash. But Robert, I, yes, defensive head coaches tend to have a shorter leash. Vic Fangio he, was. And remember, was, he just fired and is hiring an offensive coordinator, so they were not happy. Remember, I, they made him. They forced him to fire a lot of people on his staff. I get it, but they went four and thirteen when he took over the Jets, which were a dumpster fire. Brought them to seven wins with a dumpster fire at quarterback. They don't have an option at QB on that team. No, I That's know, not all but, on Robert Sala. Well, sorry about it. I, mean, I, I get it, but you won seven games with a combination. You won five games with Zach Wilson. They won five games with Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback. So let's look at the who, who was that against, though. I don't care. You're the Jets. You won five games with Zach Wilson. Who That's was one more than last year. I know they added two more on top of that. To get to seven, seven wins with a combination of Mike White and Joe Flacco. If you were giving me those three quarterbacks, that is a tough job for anyone. They got seven wins out of it. But here's Sauce Gardner looks like a defensive player of the year candidate as a rookie at corner. Quinn Williams took a huge step forward. Defensive. I, I agree. Again, uh, until they get a quarterback, I think Robert Sell is fine. You and I are agreeing on a lot of the same things here, but Robert Sell, I think, is the one where I'm going to have to push back and say I think he's got a, a good chunk of time. He's got two more years. I think at least. Yeah, but that's, I'm saying max at least. I think that's but their that's, that's, timetable. They that's want to be in the playoffs. Four, four I think they want to be in the playoffs next year. Sure. And but if f- it doesn't happen, they might, you know. I don't, I don't know. know. Four, four years is a long time in the NFL. To, you, that, that's enough time to get your guys in, your stuff in place. You now have He's your guys there. for the most part. Next year, like Matt Rule had his time. Didn't work out. Lovey Smith didn't have an opportunity. David Culler the year before didn't have an opportunity. Um, I almost want to say the dude in Denver didn't have an opportunity, but he also showed that he was not qualified this season, right? Yeah. I, the Jets didn't have super high expectations going into this year. They won seven games. Robert Hall is fine. But the point remains, For two years. If, you're, if you are a defensive-minded head coach, it's very difficult. Mike Vrabel has been one of the more successful ones in recent memory. Obviously, Bill Belichick, but he's been doing it for a long time. The, re, the more recent transition has tend to gone more successfully for offensive-minded guys. Hell, even Brandon Staley. There's talk about, is he the guy holding the Chargers back? Right? He was a defensive minded guy. Because it seems like either you lose your offensive coordinator for hiring or you have to fire him because they're not good enough. Yeah. And what's ending up happening is they're just hiring an offensive coordinator as head coach. Correct. And then look at Brian Dable. Because no one's hiring defense. So if yeah. you find a defensive coordinator that's good enough, then you don't have to worry about it. But vice versa, you always have to worry about your offensive coordinator getting plucked, unless his name's Eric Bieniemy. Now, I, I, I will make the case that it could be slightly overblown as far as the, I don't want to say requirements, but it, it feels like if you are an OC, 
you get labeled as such. If you're a DC, you have that knock against you. Some of it is, can you build a team? Because if you're a good defensive coordinator like Robert Sala, you can get an OC in there. Or you can, just because you start off as a defensive coordinator doesn't mean that you have no idea what's going on on offense. No. Like, Bill Belichick was a defensive minded guy. He knows what's happening offensively. That's an alien, though. Sure. But I, I do think sometimes we get so ingrained in saying, oh, he was an offensive guy, he knows nothing about defense, or he's a defensive coordinator, he knows nothing about offense, when in reality, these dudes have been around football their entire lives. They know more than us. Let's be real here. However, we did see Bill attempt at the other side of the football this season. Correct. Through Matt Patricia. So He's also a bad I not a bad. I don't think Bill Belichick is a great GM and I think he's hurt himself in recent years. And that's more of him being a Hunter Henry was not a person that was able to play football for a full season with the Chargers, and he's actually been pretty good with that. Okay, but what about the the overpay for Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith? Uh, what about the overpay for the dude for uh, I'm already, already blanking on his name, but their defense the is always, their defense is sure. always tops. Fine with draft picks that are like they've struggled drafting wide receivers as well. Well, yeah, but so have we technically we drafted Hardman over DK Debo. They I mean, would have listen, been thrilled uh, if they Terry got McLaurin. They would have been thrilled if they drafted Hardman. Who? Jacoby Myers, I'm pretty sure, was the same draft class. I was going to say Jacoby Myers is pretty good. He's our best receiver, I'd say. <laughs> no, who and is Devontae Parker who, had a good who, season? Yeah, he was from Miami. Who was the guy before? Not Jacoby Myers, the guy that that got released already. Oh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. That's who I'm thinking of. Jacoby Myers is fine. Yeah. We also fine. drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. So you miss. Okay. You miss. You can miss. But over the long, the, the what, the past five seasons, I would take Brett Veach's draft class up against almost, almost anyone's. Sure. The past five years. I'd say e- top five. Even with the, the misses in the early rounds, it's incredible. The, the, the depth, especially this year. Uh, no, this year was good. Let's get a little bit more to the injury side of things. Patrick Mahomes says he's definitely in a better spot when it comes to his ailing right ankle than he was for the AFC Championship game. No surprise there. He says he doesn't expect to be limited by it in the Super Bowl. How much do you believe that? I think he's going to be limited by it. I, I'm not saying he he won't be able to move. I mean, he had less limited than he was in the championship, but still limited. The championship game, he had one run in him. Truthfully, he, he had one run. He saved it until he absolutely had to. He drew the penalty, seven to field goal position, game over. But how many runs will he have in the Super Bowl? Is he going to leave it all out on the field? Is it one of those situations where you don't want to do something crazy in the first half because you don't want to tweak it? You're trying to save it still. And also, most other injuries occur when you are favoring or may maybe being overconscious of a another injury trying to avoid another injury on a certain part of your body opens it up to other injuries where you know I've seen it a thousand times people have an ankle that they're trying to favor and they end up hurting their knee god forbid not yeah. would but yeah you just don't want that to happen either and let's not forget what we're playing on I we will, lost a kicker and we lost a cornerback in the yes. first game of the season. And we, we've seen Kyler Murray and a plethora of players go down on Arizona's field. What I did see, I need to check back on the, um, the, the the truth behind it. This is a different field. But they got the sod father on it. Correct. Do you know who that is? The guy in KC? George Talma? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this on the internet and it's I 
It's the best nickname I've seen for him. Is they call him the Sod Father. That's incredible. The Sod Father. <laughs> but again, this is, I believe, different grass than the original. And they don't have a concert beforehand. They're not having a concert on this beforehand like they did uh, in Mexico City, as well as, I think, in Arizona. I thought they had some event before the season opener, which was just, again, asinine. But when it comes to Mahomes, he's an alien. He'll fight through. I do think he'll be slightly limited. But if you're going to tell me who am I more worried about injury-wise, Mahomes or Hurts, Hurts is definitely more banged up. I'm not going to use a bad pun. I'm not going to say Hurts is more hurt. That's lame. Come on. We're better than that. But a shoulder injury for a quarterback, not ideal. We saw him miss A.J. Brown multiple times. Multiple times. Maybe he's better in this week and a half, two weeks off. But we won't know. By the way, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, both looking like they are going to play. Josh Brisk, you can talk, man. I didn't want to actually disrupt you today. I was basically coming down to tell you that, hey, not going to be a Briscoe Wednesday. Probably going to be a Briscoe Friday, though, if you'll have me on Friday. That's fine. See, I like this better than you try. It would have been too much. I like my long pauses, but that would have been too long of a pause. I disagree. (laughs) No Briscoe today, which, you know, he's busy. He's wearing his little, uh, what would you call that shirt he's rocking right now? His Arizona. I refer to it as a tarp. A tarp. His Arizona tarp. I like the colors on it. It it is soft. That would be the slang term for a jersey, a hockey jersey. Tarps off. Whatever that would be. A rug. (laughs) A rug. I like that. But he'll be on Friday, apparently. We'll have Matt Derrick on tomorrow. It's breaking news. Matt, yeah. We're breaking news right now, baby. No Briscoe today. Briscoe Friday. Matt Derrick supposedly tomorrow. It's always good. It's always fun. Also, by the way, I'm supposed to do a uh, a show, like a radio hit on a Canadian show. What if I just... Sports Grid? Uh, I believe so. Sports Grid, yeah. Is it Gabe Morency? No, it's in Calgary. Ah, different dude. But I'm cracking up the, uh, because what's his name Sports Rage on Twitter. Do Do you think I should do it in a Canadian accent? Oh no, no. Trust me, they, so, so eh? as being around <laughs> a Canadian in college who played on our team, they don't appreciate that very much. Now, not all of them even have that accent as well. No the guy. Wh- now they'll come out a bit. A boot, you mean? Sometimes. <laughs> But they know you catch it, and they, they, uh... Okay, what if I talk normal, but I say, did you get your milk in a bag today? They drink their milk in bags, so they get it in bags, which is astonishing to me. Yeah. I don't know. Should I ask how much they like Avril Lavigne? Uh, or Justin Bieber. Or Justin Bieber. Was Brian Adams? Was he from Canada, too? No. I don't know. God, it doesn't matter. Probably. Who cares? Who, ca- who cares? Yeah. But by the way, going back to the actual Chiefs talk, I just, I just thought it was funny just because, you know, Briscoe getting off, getting us off track when he's not even on the show is pretty on brand. Mm-hmm. It's pretty on brand. But Juju's supposed to be back. 
Kadarius Tony supposed to be back. Obviously, no McCole Hardman. How big is J- sidebar about Briscoe before you get we go into that? Yeah, yeah he look. was going to hit the talk back button so people didn't hear him. Like he's not on camera. Well, not online. even that. You know how long of a conversation that was going to be? Yeah, if he's like, just dead silence. Just of dead you silence and him. of me just trying to listen. I'm like, no, just talk over the air, man. And if you had forgotten to hit your talk back button, the, the talk back button doesn't even work back here. Right. Okay. So. Do you think we have things that work in the studio? No. Come on. That would have been very funny because it would have been a legitimate 15-second pause. Easy. Yeah. I think the dumb button doesn't work for that long. No. Uh, so, Judas Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony, no McCall Hardman, Legereus Sneed, supposed to be back. Sticking with Judas Smith-Schuster, how big in your mind is his impact in this game? Because... A million dollars. A million dollars? Yeah, he's got a million dollar impact. Juju. Yeah, is he is he the most important wide receiver for Kansas City? Not not no, Travis Kelsey. Reference to his incentive. Yeah, I get it. I get um, it. We'll see. I mean, last game was MVS. So he says it's someone different every game. So it very well could be. It could be Sky Moore. It could be Kadarius Tony. I mean, before Kadarius Tony hurt his ankle, and I mean. I, he likes him down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Like, he will throw it up to Kadarius Tony because he trusts that he's going to go up and at least fight for it, kind of like Tyreek used to do. So, I mean, that could be a lot of people. I mean, that's if he makes one of those catches, that's damn near 50 yards I'm almost in more- one catch. And potentially a touchdown because it's usually within, you know, high red area. I've gone back and forth on which of these guys are going to have a bigger impact. The Eagles play a lot of zone coverage, right? Where does Juju Smith-Schuster thrive? Beating zone. He, he's the, the mini Travis Kelsey, right? Did, did you see, like, Dan Orlovsky's video of them just just busting coverage, like, all the time, basically? And have you seen, like... No. So, I mean, have you seen the 49ers? I think we talked about it yesterday, the way Brandon Ayuk was talking about how they were about to expose them if it weren't for their quarterback getting injured. Sure. So, Dan Orlovsky had a video of just, you know, their defensive adjustments when motion pre-snap happens is not good. I mean, he was showing a video of guys just letting a guy that would be Travis Kelsey's route where you see him wide open and everyone's like, how is he that wide open? It's like he was showing, like, hey, these guys do not communicate very well. And granted, that's what happens when all of them are free agents. Half of them were added either midseason or right before the season. Yeah. And it may not stick out when you're playing – Daniel Jones twice, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush and Dak yeah. Prescott. I'm throwing him in that because he's. But even Jared Goff, well, that was that was week one of the season. But but point Goff. remains, Goff carved him up. I will say, and that's a very good point. Actually, I did not hear that, and that's interesting. The weakest part of the Eagles' defense, kind of like Kansas City's, is in the middle, right? At least in coverage. The Eagles' linebackers—that's their weak point. They get a ton of pressure. They got really good cornerbacks. They have solid safeties, not not spectacular, but solid safeties. Although I will say, um, is it Gardner Johnson? Yep. Is that a really nice? He's my year? favorite player. He's had a really nice, really nice season. But their linebackers—that is the part where you can take advantage of. Which again, Travis Kelsey, also Judas Schuster. You mentioned the the pre-snap motion. The Chiefs love pre-snap motion. That's how you can tell if it's zone or man for the most part, right? Are they traveling? Are they staying? Juju Smith-Schuster could, in all likelihood, 
tear this Eagles defense up in zone coverage. But where I'm intrigued by Kadarius Toney is if they play a little bit more man, because no one plays exclusively one or the other, right? No one's 100%, 100%. We know how good the Eagles' pass rush is. They're going to get theirs. They'll get pressure Mahomes. We'd be silly to think that the offensive line for Kansas City, as good as they've been, would completely hold up on every single drop back. Mahomes need to get the ball out quick. Who does he go to? A guy who can beat his man quickly. That's Kadarius, uh, Kadarius Tony. Tony, to me, already has a connection with Mahomes. He can get up and quick because of his shiftiness. These two guys being back now is massive. Even more so than McCall Hardman. I, I love McCall Hardman. He's a great guy, a great person, useful player. But in this particular matchup, Juju and Kadarius Tony, in my mind, will have a bigger impact than he would have had in this game. Legarius Sneed, <laughs> Chiefs need him. He passed concussion protocol. He should be good, be good to go. An interesting guy is Clyde Edwards Alaire. He was activated off of the IR. They don't have to make a decision if he's going to be active or not for the Super Bowl, right? There's if he's inactive, that's they can have that happen just because they activated him off the IR. But what do you think, Dylan? Do you think we'll see Clyde Edwards-Alaire at least be on the active roster for the Super Bowl? Uh, if I can find his contract and see if there's any potential bonuses for said thing, then yes. <laughs> Seems like we're just kind of an organization that does things right like that, where guys a little maligned in the media and the public's eye, and he's also got a chance to get a big incentive with a win and being activated. So, sure, I could see him being on the roster. I think he takes Ronald Jones' spot. I think he is more versatile. I know folks probably aren't thrilled by that, but take his draft pick out of this. Heck, Take even his his injuries, to an extent, out of this. It's one game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was looking good to start the season. I think that he was on his way to being, I don't want to say a bell cow, but getting the majority of snaps and carries for this team until the injury. Pacheco was buried until he got hurt. I'm not saying... You activate Clyde, and he's now RB1. But I'm saying as RB3, I like the emergency break glass in case of of Clyde more so than Ronald Jones. We know Jerry McKinnon is going to get his, especially in obvious passing downs. We know how great he is. He's the best pass protector on this team. We know how good Isaiah Pacheco is, how he runs angry. But early on in this season, Clyde had a nose for the end zone. I'm not saying you give snaps to Clyde, but if those other two guys or one of the other two guys is not getting it done, Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon are not bell cows. At least McKinnon not at this point in his career and not Pacheco at this point in his career. I think you having or you having Clyde Edwards-Alaire as your third running back on this team makes more sense than Ronald Jones. He can just do more. That's where I'm at. 
Before we go to break, Chris Jones told James Palmer that he's under the weather, congestion, short, sore throat, but said he'll be fine. Uh, James Palmer went on to say, seemed like a few Chiefs players were battling a little something today. Good thing it's on Wednesday. Good thing it's not day of. But not ideal. I, I don't want anyone being sick. I hate this. Just just put them in a bubble. Or just go hang out with the Eagles. <laughs> no, I want both teams to be healthy. Come on, Dylan. Don't wish that on, on other people. I'm not wishing on it. Hey. What did I do when I was sick? You don't want to be sick. I'm not your opposition. You know, you're, you my, you're my teammate. Show good sportsmanship. You Come know? on, Dylan. Don't get him sick. No. Don't you implied it, okay? No, no, no. We're just saying go hang out. Have a good time. No. Share a Sunday. Share a Sunday. <laughs> Share a milkshake like back in the nineteen fifties, huh? Apparently you- that's the only way we have to win this game, according to everyone that picks these things. So Yeah, it looked like about forty six of the ESPN pundits picked or forty eight. It was almost two to one pick the Eagles over the Kansas City Chiefs, which I'm just shocked. It's easy. They're tired of seeing Kansas City in the spot. And, yeah, that too. Dan Patrick says it's going to be a two-score game. Eagles. I I just don't see it. And this is – I'm not trying to be a homer. I think the Eagles could win this game, very well could win this game. But if you're looking at it from a perspective of the majority of people – what all these analytic community thinks is it's going to be close, 50-50. The fact that these pundits are almost 2-1 to one picking the Eagles, I just don't get. I don't know if it's because it's not sexy to pick the Chiefs, where if you pick the Chiefs, you're sitting here going, well, of course they were going to win. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I don't know if they're trying to have a, a hot take, which we're actually going to get to in the next segment. But the Chiefs are the better quarterback, the better head coach. They've been in this situation more recently. They've played tougher competition. They have the three best players at any position on the field with Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't get it. The injuries to the quarterbacks, way more serious in my mind at Jalen Hurts, a shoulder for a quarterback compared to an ankle. The Chiefs are getting healthier. Obviously, no McColl, but they're getting Legereus Sneed. Juju and Kadarius Tony back. I I don't understand this. I don't understand. I want to hit on one hot take when we come back from break. One that I I think that we just have to touch on. I know I said I'm done touching about or talking about hot takes, but there's just one so asinine, so silly, so ridiculous. We won't say who it's from. They don't deserve to get that acknowledgement. But we'll touch on it after this home stretch, ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN, Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. It's hard to clap when you're trying to talk and not sing. You're trying to... It was bad. Try fade music and clap. It's tough. Yeah, it'd be difficult. 
As a drummer, though, I expected better of myself. I looked like a uncoordinated buffoon. Uh, I wanted to get to one of the hot takes that's been circulating Twitter. I didn't want to talk about it. I'm not going to say his name because I think this is just a, a ploy for attention. But this person on Twitter who has a large following said, if you built the ideal quarterback from scratch, you'd build a quarterback closer to Jalen Hurts than Patrick Mahomes. That's just a fact when looking at what matters in today's NFL. I'm going to start with this. It's just a fact. What you just stated, by the way, was obviously clear opinion. Clear opinion. Not even close to being considered a fact. Not only that, your opinion, good sir, is completely wrong and based on nothing. I don't care how much you scream this into the void. It's not going to make it true. Yeah. Pick the dude who almost all the pundits are saying is the weak spot on their team. Don't pick the guy who carried a rebuilding, no, let me rephrase, a reloading team to the Super Bowl and the one seed in a much tougher conference. The AFC was much more difficult than the NFC. The dude who's gone to, what, three Super Bowls in four years, his worst finish ever has been an AFC championship appearance, a guy who is setting records every single game, it feels like, a guy who almost every single GM, former quarterback, former front office member is saying, we have never seen anything like this before, but no, no, no. You want the other guy who was drafted in the second round, who's had a really good season, but is nowhere close Patrick Mahomes' level. I don't understand it, and frankly, it's disrespectful to Jalen Hurts. I always say it when these hot take artists come out and try and compare someone to Patrick. You're... You're doing your guy you're trying to represent and prop up a disservice. Because then you have to come up and show why that guy is not as good, as talented, in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. It's unfair to Jalen Hurts. It's his second year in the NFL starting. He's had a nice start to his career. But in no metric are you sitting here saying, yeah, he exceeds Patrick in this. If you want to say running the ball, sure. But even that's not drastic. Patrick Mahomes is a great scrambler. What else? Jalen Hurts takes more sacks with the supposed best offensive line in the NFL? You want to throw that stat in there? I don't get it. The dude went on to double down saying, my takeaway from reaction to this tweet is that most people continue to intentionally underrate Hurts and what he's accomplished. What he can be because of a preconceived notion of what he is as a player. What? What has Hurts accomplished in the NFL? Does he have an MVP? Has he carried a team to the Super Bowl with multiple different types of teams to the Super Bowl? Uh, Traditionally with poor defenses. Has he been to five straight or at least started? And hosted an AFC Championship game in every single season he's he started in. We are at Wednesday, and this is again we it's we a long wait. We did it yesterday. We're, we're doing it today. 
I just don't understand, man. I, I just don't get this. People got to say something to say anything, you know? They, this, I don't know who this was. I, I'm not going to give him the, the— I don't even care. My point is I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want him to get the satisfaction. What network? Oh, I, I screenshotted it. It was someplace in Philly. And oh, okay, I, but, so it's not even— but, but, I saw, but he has a ton of followers. The one I saw, and a lot of folks from Philly— Philly fans have said this guy is asinine. He's out of his. He's out of his gourd. Okay. Yeah. Why do I keep saying asinine today? I don't know. I've said it four times. Word of the day. But when other fan bases in the fan base of the guy are saying you are wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how much more you can say. I mean, it's just. How Silly. many do you have the tweet? Yeah, it's in front of how many views are on that? Oh, this is, I took this screenshot earlier, I'm sure, but yeah. where was it at? Twenty nine thousand views. Uh <laughs> this was when it was only up for about an hour and a half. So that was this morning. So it's gonna be Some people just look at that through the roof. You know. Some people just look at that number and that's all they Yep. That's all they see. I again I just I think it's disrespectful, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe you don't think the same way, but I think it's disrespectful to when they were comparing Joe Burrow to Mahomes because then you're finding reasons why to discredit Joe Burrow because we all know he's not as accomplished so far as Mahomes is. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Let Jalen Hurts continuously grow. He's had a great season, a really nice season. If Mahomes didn't have the season he had, he might be MVP. But guess what? If he didn't get hurt, might be MVP. When you were when when national media and even teams of of the Eagles are talking about where the the stats and where the the matchups lie, almost everyone has said the Eagles have the better team outside of quarterback. But somehow this guy thinks, oh yeah, but but look at the I, I guess intangibles. I I don't get what you're looking at. Not arm strength, not accuracy. Not extending plays, even though we we know Jalen Hurts is a better true runner. I, I don't know one other metric you would use that say, yeah, this is the Jalen Hurts. He he's he's the guy I would choose over Mahomes. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I like him a lot. I've been I've been harping on how good he's been. He needs more credit all season long, even early on, because I I admitted I was wrong. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to hold the Eagles back. He did not hold him back. I don't think he necessarily is the guy that's take him to this next level, but I think Jalen Hurts has been the guy that, that's got it done. It's like the 49ers, right? Brock well, Purdy didn't wasn't the reason why they were winning those no, games. No. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the reason why they were winning those games. The only reason I would take Jalen Hurts over the four divisional round AFC quarterbacks, which are Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. The only reason I would take him over any of those four is if I got to take the Eagles team with him. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're not taking the the play over his player, and that's the those are guys that aren't good as Patrick. Yeah, that he had to beat either this year or last year to get to the next round or the next playoff game. So, so you're not taking Jalen Hurts over Mahomes, right? Nope. You're not taking him over Joe Burrow, right? Nope. You're not taking him for Josh Allen, right? Nope. You're not taking him over because when you do this, you have to take Just him, him off the team off and you have team. to put that quarterback on the Eagles. Correct. Okay. So we're yep. Yeah. Do you take him over? Ooh, this is gonna be a tough one. Justin Herbert. Mm. That's a tough one. 
Now I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. Okay, Trevor Lawrence then. So I will take Trevor Lawrence. And then I think that's where I start to, okay, Jalen, now you're yeah. in the conversation. And obviously Aaron Rodgers with his age and even his performance. I'm talking, yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're talking more of the yeah, younger, yeah. younger. Lamar Jackson? Nope. You're taking Lamar or Jalen Hurts? Jalen. Yeah, I'm taking I think Jalen is I'm, more prone to stay in the, I, even though they run him a ton. I, I also think Hurts has a better arm. Yeah. Or at least he's shown so far to have a better arm. And Lamar's, to the same extent, never had the same opportunities as far as wide receivers. And he's had Mark yeah, Andrews, but he, he was throwing to, I mean, let's be real, Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins as his one, two as, as the season went on. But, I mean, there's a real case that Jalen Hurts is not top five in who you would take in a, in a hypothetical draft, let alone one. I just want to stop this. I want to stop it, and maybe I'm part of the problem because I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. I, I will acknowledge that, but again, I'm trying my best to not give the dude any satisfaction by naming his name, saying who he is. No, we wouldn't care anyway, you know. Who cares? Okay, Steve Spagnuolo. That's actually a Mike Francesa. Who yeah, that's pretty good Mike Francesa, yeah. Can you do a mad dog? No. <laughs> no, no one can do that. <sighs> That man is a treasure. What did you, I don't know if you saw this, but Adam Schefter quoted this from Roger Goodell. Goodell said, the state of today's officiating, I don't think it's ever been better. Do you think he's tone deaf? Do you think he's just backing his guys no matter what? I mean, he is the mouthpiece for the owners. What people don't understand is that he's like, the Speaker of the House for ownership. All 32 yes, correct. owners, basically. Correct. Hey. So what he's going out there to do, and that's why he gets paid $60 million, mm-hmm. it, it, they, he is doing his job to perfection. We all hate him. We aren't even, yeah, we're talking about the officials, but now the conversation is, oh, can you believe what Roger Goodell said? Yep. Can you believe what he said? And, and what everyone's going to be missing is they ain't going to be doing a damn thing about it. G- Goodell is for the owners oh, and yeah. the teams, and that not should for tell the you what their ownership's thoughts are on full-time officials. I, I'm just because they don't want to spend that money. It looks like I, I don't get that though. You'd have a better product if you were the owner, wouldn't you want that? They've been playing football for in the Super Bowl era since 1966, I think, um, and haven't had full-time officials, and. I think that I think that they believe that they can create Gene Steratores and Ed Hockley's and uh, Terry McCauley's and all the people that are really good in the booth right now sure. again with the system that they've had that created those guys in the first place. So they're going to cling to that because they want to save money. But those Not guys because were it's so a good rare. Idea. Those guys were so rare. Right. And they, but so was Tom Brady and Joe sure. Montana and all the other people, and then new people came along. I just get so frustrated with this. In a business where there's so much money now, and you're e- not wrong. E- even more money on the line you're now. Not wrong. E- for, from a gambling purpose, I'm not a big gambler, just full transparency. Like, I think they care. I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't care about the fact me, that you lose but your they're parlay. So, they're, they don't care about me, but I think some of the big spenders, some of the more influential people, some of the TV sponsors— if you see if you see a FanDuel or bet MGM, the DraftKings have something wonky happen where they end up being the ones in the losing end of this situation, they might be up in arms a little bit. 
I'm not saying they we'll will see. be. Has that happened though? I don't. I, I mean, it would happen either side, right? It could happen either side because one outcome is going to lose no matter what. I, I I just think it's it just doesn't make any sense. I. I I, I don't understand a business that has this much money in it, so much invested in it, so much talent invested in this, that you just, I don't want to say you don't care, because they care to an extent. No, they do. But you, you don't make a and for all every we know, effort possible. They could just not be wanting to air out their guys in public, like right sure. now. They might they might go into the offseason and completely do everything we want. And I don't think being a, a, an NFL ref or a ref in any sport, for that matter, is easy. I, I, I'm not saying that, because I think it is extremely difficult. It's a... Ungrateful to an extent, job to have because they should be they should be the ones pushing for it. You you think they would, but there's no great reward for being a a great NFL ref for the most part because at best you're unknown, and at worst everyone knows your name like Carl Sheffers because you're 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 a poor ref, or you just have an axe to grind that no one knows why with a certain fan base and city and team. Mm. I, what's funny was going before he was even announced, which is not just exclusive to Carl Sheffers, and you know I'm sure there's a, if we went to every fan, Eagles base, fans, there's were, probably some fan you know bases that know ref just like that by their first name and know every time they get him. Oh, here we go. Uh, I will say this: Eagles fans actually before it was Chiefs Eagles were saying, "Please no, not Carl Sheffers." I saw so, that. So the Eagles don't like Carl Sheffers either. It, it's not just a Kansas City. We, we think we're getting screwed over here. Do you think Carl Sheffers is just the ultimate heel? Like, because like, if, like if he's trying to take. piss off the two yeah. biggest, most rowdy, you know, passionate fan bases in football, like I'm gonna, my NFC team that's gonna hate me every time I show up is the Eagles, and my yeah. AFC <laughs> team that shows every time and hate, gonna hate me is the Chiefs. Both the loudest, most passionate. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, I actually respect Carl Sheffers a little bit. Being a heel like that, because I th- I think he enjoys it. I really do. If you watch him on Sunday, there'll be dramatic pauses between calls. Oh, yeah. There'll be the the tapping of the you know. Oh, let me I gotta get this thing to work. Gotta get this it's thing on. Working. Oh yeah, give me more um, screen time. Do you think his yeah. kids are just sitting there? I always laugh. Do you think his kids are oh, sitting there going like, like, that's my no, dad? No, no. Here's what happens: is I get dad gets to do another Super Bowl. Guess how many times I'm going to be on TV? I'm going to I'm going to be on TV probably. 30 times because what you say 15 flags a team oh man and the eagles i i actually haven't talked about this on the show yet i tweeted it but the eagles are a team that loves the rpo they love running rpos because that's what they do quick passes run the ball with both their quarterback as well as their running backs uh, they get the ball out fast to the sides to Devonte smith as well as aj brown or uh yeah aj brown they're, they're very rpo oriented do we see a lot of illegal man downfields? Do we see a lot of those penalties? Holdings. Definitely going to see a lot of those on pass holdings and line holdings. I am so he's in charge of those. I, 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 I'm a big fan of letting questionable calls go. Go. Yes. Like when, when people are like, was that right tackle? Was that a false start? It looks like he's false start. But it's like, if it's not clear. As long as you're doing it for consistently, everyone. yeah. If it's yeah. not, I, I'm like, you know what? That's when they start messing up. Yes. Whenever they start playing, the oh, well, I did this early. I got to do that. I got to do it again. The I better not do it again. Or I got to do it for this team. I got to yeah. do it for that. It's just call it. Yeah. Fair across the board. I know I need to take a break, but the one thing I want to say about college football that I actually enjoy, which is rare to say, 
the refs let them play way more on DPIs. When it comes to pass interference in college football, they let them play more. I wish they did it in the NFL. Let the players decide, not the refs. Quick break, home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN, Kansas City. Let's finish today's show with NBA, LeBron James, and breaking records talk. LeBron broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career scoring record last night in a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. James, with 38 points, passed Kareem. It was on a iconic shot, one of LeBron's signature fadeaways, the little one-legged, not Dirk Nowitzki, very LeBron-esque. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there to witness LeBron break the record. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I've always been a Kobe guy. Just just transparency, I, I've always been a Kobe guy. But... What LeBron has done in the NBA has been incredibly impressive. I don't know if anyone has exceeded the hype more than LeBron. Wayne Gretzky had a lot of hype. He obviously exceeded it. Tiger Woods had a ton of hype. He obviously exceeded it. Bryce Harper had a lot of hype, and I think he has lived up to it. But LeBron James was tabbed as the great one. The chosen one. On the cover of every single magazine in high school. Tasked to break records. And he's broke them and then some. Now, we don't have time to get into the whole Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. Uh, we, we talk more NFL here. Obviously, we're leading up to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to spend too much time on this. But I think it deserves some acknowledgement of the greatness of LeBron James. He's done it with multiple teams. He, he's done it at age 38. I think that's what's so impressive and what's tough to fathom. Look at the numbers LeBron's putting up. Obviously, it's not translated into a ton of wins. But the strict, the strict stats, phenomenal for a dude at his age. We've not seen a guy at his age do this. Looks like there's no signs of stopping. He will pad those numbers. We will see what he can do and where he ends up. This was the home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Back live into tomorrow at 3 to 4 p.m. Matt Derrick should be joining us. Until then, we are out. Mm-hmm.